on this episode of AV Week, what happens when your big ginormous scoreboard goes down? Crestron pulls the curtain back on chip shortages. And what is the appetite for AV over IP? All that and more next on AV Week. The network for the AV industry. What are you listening to? This. This is AV. This. This. This is AV Nation. This is AV Nation. This is AV Week, episode 577, recorded Friday, September 9th, 2022. Transparency is king. Support for AV Nation is brought to you by... Sure, sound extraordinary. And by Atlas IED, innovative audio solutions for every business environment. And by... Atlona, the go-to provider for AV signal distribution and control in corporate, higher education, and residential spaces. This is AV Week, your weekly wrap-up of audiovisual news and information. My name is Tim Albright. I am your host. With us to discuss the news and information we have gathered this week, first and foremost, Willie Franklin from Franklin Event Services. Welcome, sir. Thank you. Thank you, Tim. Good to be back. Good to see you. Good to see you. And Mr. James King from UNLV School of Medicine. Welcome, sir. Thank you, Tim, for having me. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we are recording this on the 9th of September. I mentioned that because there's a whole lot of stuff happening in September and October. Um, Crestron's got their uh, their Modern Work Summit in a couple of weeks in, in addition to Masters, and then Cedia comes right after that. So if you're bouncing around in the uh, in the industry and going to any of these, these events, make sure that you uh, you get cuddle up with our colleagues, take some pictures, and put it out on the on the socials. That way, Chris Netto knows what's happening. So uh, a little more of a joke. Uh, first story comes to us from our friends over at AV Network. Uh, honestly, it could have been uh, written by a whole number of folks. But Crestron uh, sat down, uh, Dan Feldstein, the CEO, as well as Dan Brady, uh, the COO, and uh, Mr. Uh, Brad Hensey, um, the vice president of marketing for Crestron, all sat down in a handful of town halls and addressed uh, supply chain issues, uh, addressed uh, some of the things that um, they're, they're, they're facing. Um, in addition to they answered questions, and that's one of the things that I, that kind of took me by surprise. Certainly understand uh, the, the the presentation, certainly understand the, the town hall, but the thing that um, that really kind of struck me as as transparent, to be honest about it, guys, uh, is that they sat down and they took questions from a number of of sectors. One of the presentations they did was uh, focused on the residential market. One of the presentations they did in the town halls they did was certainly focused on the commercial market, and they actually split that up into into two different ones. Uh, but I want to say something here or, or repeat something that Mr. Feldstein said, quote, unquote, we truly care. We're taking every possible step possible to navigate through this climate from physically redesigning products to finding new ways to procure components and creating alternative solutions, even if that means using our competitors products. Put that pin in that for a second. We're committed to getting through this, that every single order ships and we are committed to getting through this together. Willie, I'm going to start with you on this. That was, to me, not only transparent, but it was remarkable for a manufacturer to say, we're, we're even willing to use our competitors' products to make sure that our cl- clients and our customers are, are taken care of. Um, not for nothing, Crestron is 100% a, a, a sponsor of AV Nation. So are several of, the, of their competitors. All of them are having issues on some level right now. 
But how is Crestron and, and honestly others, how are the, their handling of the supply chain issues? How is that impacting the, the AV users, the, the colleges and the education uh, educators? No, uh, thanks, Tim. I, I first have to say that Crestron's move was very illuminating. And, you know, we've all heard the old adage that cash is king, but transparency in this marketplace is cash equal king. And to have that level of transparency, to own the fact that you're trying to deliver, but you're up against a wall. Um, personally, I... I I kind of wanted to cheer. <laughs> I'm, I'm too large of a man to be a good cheerleader, but truly I wanted to cheer when I read the article, when I saw that level of uh, disclosure on the part of Crest Run's leadership. There are so many of us who struggle or basically are challenge to meet the needs of our clients out there, whether it's in the consumer realm, whether it's in the residential commercial realm, particularly in higher ed though. Um, when you can't deliver, um, it breaks hearts on both sides, the seller as well as the client. But to be able to have that sit-down conversation with your client, as Crest Run has done, really, because we're their clients, right, and concretely share what their plans are, what their actions will be, what their deliverables will be, and to recognize that they cannot control the marketplace as we think about the supply chain, more to the point to break it down to a granular level you know when we talk about a product that may have 2500 parts and those 2500 parts may come from 250 as they cited different suppliers that's a real world scenario that is easy for people to recognize and appreciate so when you start talking delays when you explain what's behind the delay i think people get it uh, it doesn't mean that they're not going to pester you every single moment uh, of the day or every week and ask, hey, when can I get that? But again, going back to what Crestrun has done, uh, which is to take a strong leadership position when we talk about disclosure, when we talk about uh, really debugging or demystifying the supply chain uh, fiasco and uh, and being honest and saying we really don't know how long this will go on but it is getting better uh, so I, I hope that kind of brings it home for a little bit of the conversation and answering that question no I think it does. I really do uh, James same kind of question uh, Willie is, is has recently been been uh, has recently left the education space but you're straight still right in the middle of it James so how is this impacting uh, how are these co- how these companies are, are handling this the the shortages? How is that impacting folks on campuses and universities? It, it's impacting us hard. Um, that's the thing is, and this is a conversation I have had with integrators multiple times. Classes start when classes start. We're not a Fortune 500 company. We're not a a bank or even a small uh, commercial or even resi where. You know, oh, I can't get this gear. Let's push this project back six, seven, eight months. Classes starts when classes start. We need to have partnerships with companies like Crestron and these other manufacturers who can go, all right, let's come up with a solution so we can get your classes going. Because when you have 100, 200 students rolling in, you can't go, oh, I'm sorry, we can't teach you because we have delay in the equipment. They're coming in, they're coming to learn, and we need to achieve that. I would like to add 
I, I agree with Tim on the transparency here. And it was very nice. And folks who know me, I actually run a backend Slack channel that's private to higher ed folks. During the higher ed um, town hall that Crashon had, that chat was going off a lot of different ways. But what was really nice, what I found refreshing that Crashon did was, as Tim said, they took questions and it was live. Because we had questions in our back channels. We submitted it and they answered it on air. And I have to say, that was great. Yeah, that that was a bit of a of the the playing without a net that I was I was surprised about, quite frankly. Right, um, I, I've been a part of, of a number of Crestron events over the years. I've, I've moderated some. I've, I've you know I've you know done some some fireside chats with them for over the years, and in most of the time, right, they're they're not not scripted all the time, but most of the time they're they are rather scripted. Have taken questions in the past, but typically from from the a live audience. This was more from you know, a webinar type, basically, right, where where anybody that's kind of logged in can ask a question. Um, and and they literally, they, they really did answer. So yeah, absolutely. Um, next, actually, let, let's move on to this one, because I, I do have a couple things I want to get to here on on, on this week. Um, this one kind of goes into the, the the first story about about Crestron and the chip shortage kind of goes into this one. Um, and, and that's from AV Magazine, uh, talking about Audinate. Um, Audinate has, has uh, unveiled entire support for Dante enabled video um, through domain uh, manager domain manager the, the version specifically is uh, version 1.4 that version there uh, is uh, giving people the ability to to really kind of fully embrace the Dante enabled video I'm gonna start with you James on this though when it comes to, to the AV over IP and some of this is you know, one of the products that Creston's having issues with is NVX which is their AV over IP uh, some Dante chips uh, aren't aren't being uh, shipped as well, so they're 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 having issues supplying to their manufacturers. When when you guys look at the the AV over IP infrastructure today, the market today, and in the environment of these supply chain issues, is there still a, an appetite for that, or or I guess what is the appetite for that, um, and and how are we solving that? You know, both in the corporate but also uh, in the higher ed. Uh, space is there an appetite yes how are we solving it software uh dante is doing a good job with that and people know i've been following dante for a while um i think they're really became the staple of audio over the network routing handling it and now they're in video i've been watching their video and I became almost a fanboy at Infocom is when I went over, you know, I wanted to go talk to the AB tweets, you know, Frank Patakala and them, uh, Alicia. So I went over to talk to him, but I saw what Don, an audience was doing with Dante video at their booth. I was anyone I could grab on the floor. I was showing them and taking them over there because I saw it was a very uh, cutting edge. Uh, I wouldn't say cutting edge, but very refreshing what they were saying, doing. And this is something I've been watching and monitoring and waiting for for a while. So I think that's really what's coming in. The issue is, with especially in higher ed, is making sure that the price comes to where we are. It's feasible. 
I mean, right now it's cheaper to throw in the black boxes into our classrooms than to do AV over IP. But I don't think that's going to be that way for long. Well, the same question here is, is, is where is that appetite headed, uh, especially in this environment of, of supply chain issues? Um, Tim, I think the appetite is just growing. You, you know, I'm just a little bit beyond 30 days of leaving the higher ed uh, framework and working in that arena and now more the private sector uh, as an operator of a DJ and event services business. But I can honestly say the clients that I've worked with thus far and have been working with certainly have an appetite for that video over IP. Um, right now I have two clients that we're looking to live stream a couple of events and thank goodness we have all the hardware currently in place. But what I see happening is we've kind of become used to being able to grab a cell phone and live stream something from one location to another and allow a ton of people to join. And that seems to hop right into the next framework of thought, right? So now you're in the corporate environment, and if your cousin could stream that video of the little kid's birthday party and 15 relatives from all over the U.S. were able to join, why can't I, as a doctor in this corporate environment, have this discussion with my team, and that discussion is delivered all to uh, partner medical facilities that are part of this conglomerate network, if you will, or we look at the entertainment industry. And by entertainment, I, I think about a recent event uh, that I hosted at a local casino. You have all of those various rooms um, who would like to take part in that central event, that main event. Um, so it becomes a real hunger to be able to push video and audio real time, very little latency to all of those locations, essentially all of those clients or all of those audiences within that building environment. So I truly see uh, that whole AV over IP industry, industry uh, growing. And certainly as we think about what, what we've been kind of pushed into thinking how we responded to COVID, from an AV management staging, AV integration standpoint, um, that really became a must for business continuity to continue to be able to connect, right? And and uh, deliver that content to audiences wherever you're at. Um, the, I guess the short answer is we've become so accustomed as consumers of technology that I think part of the hunger is what's next. Why can't it be easier? Why can't I have it now? Uh, it's almost become a fast food item. Uh, and, and maybe that's underselling it or overselling it. But um, I don't know. User expectations no longer see the big hurdles of bringing technology to them anytime, anywhere. Um, they want it and they want it now. So, uh, James, and then, and then Willie, either of you jump in on this, you know, uh, Something that Willie just said there is is the the barrier entry is perceived as X, right? The, the barrier of entry is perceived to be lower. And I, I hundred years ago, right when when I was still programming pretty badly, but still programming, um, you know, I remember a story of a of a CEO coming in and and you know being able to. This is again, this is 10, 12 years ago, guys. So don't 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 at me. This is before the barcode click share. But they, they could take their iPhone, actually their, their kid is, is how they put it. Their kid could take their iPhone and they could throw a video up on their screen and their TV 
why can't I do that in my boardroom, right? And at the time, there wasn't a mechanism unless you went and you got an, a, a, an Apple uh, TV, right? And you put it on the network, which caused other issues with the net admins, right? And the security folks. But when the CEO says it, that, you know, there's it darn near better get done, right? And then you went into other issues like, you know, well, whose account is it and all this jazz. But we were finding consumer ways to do it because the consumer industry is who was doing it before the commercial, right? Before the security, the secure part of it and all this jazz. So is is there is the bar, bar really lower? Is the barrier to entry really lower? Or is that just the perception of the people using it? It's it's definitely a perception. Um, I've heard that my 14 years in higher ed is I can do this at home. Why can't I do it here? And you don't, the, the consumer stuff is made to be simple and to work, but it doesn't have the security. It doesn't have the functionality, the enterprise, the scalability that we all need in our environment to be able to support this remote manager. Going back to William's example of streaming your kid's birthday party. Yeah, that's great. But, if, you know, if it, you have a hiccup and granny can't watch it, she's going to accept that risk. But if a CEO is giving a uh, keynote speak and there's a hiccup, no one's going to accept that as a okay failure. So the, the perceived barrier is there. The support barrier we know is not there. And it's much higher. And we need to educate our users to show them that, the consumer gear is not to the standard as a um, commercial gear because of security, because of reliability, because of scalability um, that they come accustomed to from the support that we give them. Uh, but agree, we when the CEO asks for it, you make it work. But that's the thing is we are very good at making it work. James, I could not agree more. You said it very well. Uh, kudos. And, you know, for me, I try to use, I don't know, uh, very common analogies to explain very complicated technology. Uh, that barrier to entry and support is chaotic because your home end user definitely wants to do in the office what they're doing at home. Um, I can tell you concretely of turning on my television one day and seeing my neighbor's church service on my TV because he connected to my TV with his laptop instead of his own. We just happen to have identical models. You can't do that in a corporate environment, right? If, if you're that CEO and you're giving that presentation in a medical facility and all of a sudden adjacent biz businesses are picking up your feed, you've got FERPA issues, you've got HIPAA issues, it gets nasty, you get into risk management very, very quickly. It becomes very costly. Uh, I think the simplest way I, I try to frame things for people to understand as uh, I use the example of electricity. You know, you walk into your room, you reach around, you flip your light on, your light comes on. You know, in your mind, it's easy. It's just a light switch and the light comes on. For those in the industry, they've got to figure out load capacity. They've got to figure out distance of transmission line. They've got to figure out whether it's going to be hydroelectric, whether it's going to be wind, solar, nuclear. Beyond that, 
even if they have enough money to, to buy enough transmission lines, they've got to get from point A to point B. How many jurisdictions and municipalities do they now need to get approval? How many uh, easements must they cross to get electricity to your home? It becomes extremely complicated, and it takes years to make it happen. But at the end of the day, you come home, you flip the switch, and it's just on. So our role is to understand at the granular level what it takes to get it done. And it's complicated because with all of that technology, we then have to boil it down to just a common conversation without the technical jargon uh, that makes sense, you know, without insulting a person's intelligence, right? And, and it is not an easy role. Uh, but apparently we do it darn well because the expectations are there every single day and they continue to grow. See, if you guys would just slack off a bit, your, the expectation would, would be lower. <laughs> do not take advice from me, kids. Do not <laughs> take advice from Tim. All right, here we go. Last story uh, comes to us from AV Nation uh, and, and our parent company, CTI. Um, a couple weeks ago at SoFi Stadium, the um, <clears throat> and the Cowboys and Chargers were playing, and let's just say they had an issue. Uh, from the official Twitter from SoFi Statement, we experienced an outage with our internal broadcast system. We are resetting and expect all systems to be up and running shortly, quote, unquote. So if you don't know what we're talking about, it is the big, ginormous uh, Samsung display that is in the middle of SoFi Stadium, which is the home of the Rams and the Chargers. Ginormous, gorgeous scoreboard. Well, it was blank for three quarters. Uh, we're, we're recording this on the 9th of, of September, the weekend of opening kickoff for the NFL season. And just so I've said this out loud, the Rams lost last night. That could not come more times just in general as someone from St. Louis uh, and go Bears. Uh, so uh, we, we interviewed a bunch of, of really smart folks and said, okay, how do you prevent that? What happens if, if this happens again, right? Uh, so make a plan right? Have spares on hand when it comes to that. Protecting your system from anomalies, all sorts of really good stuff. Really, we'll start with you on this. This is a facilities and quite frankly, an integrators and a, and a user's worst nightmare, right? It, 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 you're, you're getting ready to go into a game, a facility, whatever, and your system, your big marquee system goes down. What do you do then? Well, you don't panic and scream, oh, my God, what's happening? You know, I'm a strong believer that two is one and one is none. So having spares is critical. But realistically, uh, no one's going to have a spare Jumbotron or a spare video wall. In my case, I had a major video wall go down during an event mm. where our university president was speaking. So the spares for me means that I have additional adapters on hand, converters, processors, um, just a lot of the granular hardware that powers that big infrastructure. Seldom have I found that the that major piece has gone down itself. Uh, it may be something as simple as a power supply. Those can be relatively inexpensive to have in quantity on hand as backup. Uh, having an uninterruptible power supply on all of those devices is critical because we never know when brownout conditions, voltage drops, or spikes are going to occur. And those could be minor but they can cause major trigger, triggering device or triggering 
incidents, such as system reboots, right, or system hangup, you know. Uh, if that data gate doesn't open, everything goes dead and it just freezes because it doesn't know what to do. Uh, again, it's very simple, but the end result is very problematic. It's not good for one's nerves, I'll put it that way. Uh, so two is one, one is none, always having backup. Um, with the exception of large pieces of infrastructure like that. Yes, certainly. We can only hope that warranty is good, and by good, I mean real good. Yeah, and so so the story came out. Let me, let me just say this, too. The, the, that system, and, and, and talked with a couple of folks that were involved in that, it, it is one of the most, if not the most complicated system. I'm not even talking about the Samsung display, right? We're talking about the back end, right? The, 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 the nuts and bolts, the pipes that feed that thing. 10%, top 10% of, of complicated systems in the, in, in the world when it comes to, to broadcast and, and game day experiences. And if it, that one can go down, all y'alls can go down, right? It's Friday afternoon. I'm getting ready to go to head to my, my kid's high school football game this afternoon, this evening. That one could go down if, if SoFi could go down, right? So I'm not saying anybody, that anybody did anything wrong. It was a freak accident, and it, it, it just happened, which is kind of leading us to, to this conversation is what do you do when, when that does? Uh, James, same kind of question. Uh, what what sort of, of backups of backups? And, and like Willie says, you know, one is none in this in this instance. I, Willie covered great about having the spare gear. I think the most important thing I took from that article, which is the number one, is have a plan, make a plan. And what's key to that is not only do you make a plan, but you work the plan. I. I kind of summed this up as a story my mom told me. My mom's a retired teacher. And we all know that great schools and even uh, higher, some higher ed, they run fire drills, you know? But the administration knows when fire drills are. They plan them. Well, in my mom's school years ago, there was an actual fire. Teachers saw it, pulled the fire alarm. They, every student, every kid, Walked out as planned. Administration ran around like chickens with their heads cut off because they didn't know. They're like, this is not a fire drill. What do we do? Because it wasn't planned. They didn't have a plan. and they did, Well, they had a plan, but they didn't practice. They didn't follow their plan. They The moment happened, and they freaked out. So having a plan and being able to go, okay, this is my next step when A drops out and B drops out. I hear it all the time on Formula One racing. You'll hear it be like, all right, we're going to plan C. Or, oh, plan C is not working. We're going to plan E. Yeah, we don't know what those plans are, but the team does. You know, you got 26 letters in the alphabet. You can have 26 plans. Or you can go hexadecimal and expand it, expand it even more. <laughs> so definitely have multiple plans and have multiple ways of doing things and recovering. I'm going to hang on to the hexadecimal piece. Uh, <laughs> I, I love that reference. You know, when, when it really gets bad and you go hexadecimal uh, to expand yep. your options. Man, I love that. Great deal. There you go. Just for the record, if I ever hear James say a hexadecimal, I'm running the opposite direction. Okay? Just so you all understand, that's where I'm going to be. All right. Thank you all so much. Willie Franklin uh, from Franklin uh, DJ and Event Services. Thank you, sir. How do people connect with you? They can reach me at franklindjservices at gmail.com. All right, very good. And Mr. King, thank you, sir. How do people connect with you? 
Uh, you Google me on the internet. I'm everywhere. Anything with HEPMA, higher ed, um, co-host of Master Programmer. Again, you Google me, you'll find me. All right, very good. Uh, for me, for Tim Albright, do not follow me on the Twitters because, as I mentioned before, I am an unabashed Bears fan, so I will be complaining uh, for the next three or four months. It is what we do. Uh, although they did reveal a very nice stadium concept, so we'll see where that goes. Uh, hopefully they'll, they'll get, you know, um, they'll get some cool stuff. Uh, but go by the website if you would, please. Avionation.tv. That's avionation.tv. You will find this program and a host of others. Uh, a couple things to, to point about uh, the, the the podcast. Uh, Taylor Moore has a brand new uh, Ask the uh, or um, AV Profession. And we are sort of secretly, not so secretly, working on reboots of a couple different programs, uh, including a uh, higher ed program by the name of EdTech. Uh, it has been on the shelf for a minute, and I am quite excited to, uh, to uh, see where that goes. So check all that out and more at avnation.tv. That's avnation.tv. Thanks so much for listening. Thank you so much for watching. That's all the time we have for AV Week.